Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Guys, there was just so much to talk about on Summer House and Salt Lake City that I'm foregoing... Miami, because honestly, I'm, I wasn't bringing much to the table there. But um, foregoing Miami, and I'm also just going to post content on Instagram about this latest episode of Jersey. Um, I know that's kind of a letdown, but it's just these these two episodes, Summer House and Salt Lake City. There's just so much to talk about, and I just wanted to focus focus on those. It was hard for me to switch gears and go into Jersey, but stay tuned on my Instagram. I'm doing all kinds of stuff on there once I get once I get the time. So, um first up though. First up is going to be a brilliant conversation with one of my favorite people on Instagram. Her name is Nimade and she runs the page That African Butterfly. She has a podcast. She has a YouTube channel. I'll put everything in the description. But her insight is so wonderful. You know, she pretty much agrees with everything I say. So obviously, I love that. But she also has some other differing opinions. And she just presents it so well. And it's just, she's great. So enjoy that. And then I'll bring you Salt Lake City on the flip side. Okay, let's get into Summer House. So we start the episode as Kyle is doing that incredibly awkward speech. Obviously, Amanda's upset. She's embarrassed because she did not see that coming. Kyle, I... This is where... Because I I think I... We both agree on this, that Kyle, we like Kyle. I know that Kyle is easy to dislike a lot, but yeah. we both like Kyle. We see his we see his positive side, but he has a negative side. And this is this was showing so bad for me when he was. I really thought he was going to understand why Amanda was uncomfortable. But he's like, I'll say what I want on my birthday. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to speak my mind. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this is horrible. The thing with Kyle and like, I, I enjoy him. I think he's fun. He makes the show great, but like, uh, not to be ageist, but he's getting like a little old for 
how much drinking he does. And I have to say that as someone in my mid thirties who loves shots, like, um, but it's not like as freaking, I think it's also different because we see it on the show and he probably goes harder because he's like, Oh, I'm on a show and blah, blah, blah. than he does in real life. But like, I think that Amanda still has to deal with the outcomes of it and it frustrates the hell out of her. And then she becomes kind of bitchy and then people don't like her, but it's because she's dealing with this man child. And I think like, if he would just scale black the drinking, he'd be great. That's literally all he needs to do. It's like a very simple tweak. And the fact that he refuses to do it, then it's on Amanda for continuing to tolerate it. And she doesn't want to tolerate it. It's like, well, he's answered you at this point. He's told you I'm not doing that. If this is if this is one of your bottom lines, I'm not giving it to you. And yeah. Amanda just like despises him when he's drunk and he is very drunk. He is slurring. Mm-hmm. I don't like when he calls the ladies the peanut gallery. It's yeah. starting to but get starting to get on my nerves. Yeah. I'm like it's just condescending and I I get that he had a he had Hannah in Amanda's ear for a while. And Hannah was so unapologetically against Kyle. So he's like super defensive. Um, But this is where Maya really like saves the day. She's the first time in Amanda's like, cause it's always been the girls like Paige, Mm -hmm. Amanda and fill in the blank and Kyle over here. But Maya is the first one to say, Hey, I'm just, I'm just checking on you, Kyle. I Mm want to see how you're doing. And he was like he was just so used to being defensive and he really was he was so softened by when she said no 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 it was about like are you guys happy and put it into that context and she clearly meant it i was like mm-hmm. oh you are like the missing in this cast she really is she i love maya on the cast and i like that conversation um i think danielle tried to be like that a little bit too and i was actually really happy to i watched the watch what happened live with Danielle, because she explained, because on the previous episode, she had told them what Kyle said about the only thing they have in common. And I was actually surprised about that because Danielle is usually like the good friend keeps things to herself. And I was like, oh, that was a little messy. But she explained that she did think that it needed to be addressed with Amanda, but she didn't think she was the right person to do it because sometimes Amanda gets defensive with her. So that's why she took it to the girls to present. And ultimately, I do think that that was a better decision vision i appreciated that whole conversation they had because it did seem very like we just want to make sure you're okay not that we hate kyle so i hope that in watching that that kyle is able to see that they weren't trying to like be awful about him totally and i i actually didn't catch that watch what happens live so i'm glad you just told me that because that makes it did seem super out of character it seemed like production Mm -hmm. was like danielle they're sitting over there go talk to them now about what kyle said yeah Um, but it actually does make sense that she's like if i go to amanda with this it'd be like me or Lindsay going to amanda and she's just gonna think that we are like Mm -hmm. against her right um how are you feeling about the way Paige is treating andrea because i'm gonna say i think she's being a little rude i think that she allowed him to flirt and she kind of toyed with with him because it was a good distraction while her and Craig figured things out. So he's sort of continuing to do what he's been doing. And she's not saying out loud, look, 
Cause she does. She says like, I think it'd be rude to go on a date with you. Cause I'm still talking to Craig, but she, maybe they cut it out, but she doesn't say Craig and I, I think are going to try to be a little bit more serious and he's uncomfortable with us flirting. Instead, she just kind of dangles him a little bit still. What are your thoughts? All right. Brace yourself. I have some on them and on Craig. Um, okay, good. So I think that I, well, also I'm a page fan. So I, uh, I acknowledge and I'm an apologist a little bit, but I don't think she's actually doing anything particularly wrong. And I do have to say in my defense, I also defend men when they're in this position and get called fuck boys um, because she has told him that she, like he knows about Craig. Like to me, like being shady or being a fuckboy or being whatever is like when you lead the person on like, oh, I want a relationship with you. Meanwhile, you're doing all the other things. Mm. But I think when you are upfront about like, I'm dating other people, I'm talking to other people, like even if the other person might want more from you, it's still not on you that they are choosing to hear what they want to hear or try to pursue it in a different way. Like at that point, it's on Andrea, which he does as well to separate himself from the situation. So I think because she's always been, well, she wasn't in the beginning. So I will say when they first, like when the season first started and he told us about like how things went down and she disappeared for a little while and then popped up with Craig, like that part, I agree, was not cool on her. Um, but the actions that from what I've seen on the show so far, I don't think they've been that bad because he knows about Craig. He knows that they're flirty. They're not a couple. And he's still entertaining her knowing she's entertaining other people. So, I mean, fair game. You're saying, it, it, fair yeah, game. it's fair game. And then, um, I will say though, Craig really upset me because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just hate. He's so manipulative. Oh yeah, and that drives me nuts with him. And I feel like I had forgotten because at first right? when we were together, I was like, oh, so cute. But watching him again, I'm like, oh, I forgot how bad you are. And like when they were sitting on the couch and talking about, um if she can be like exclusive or like if they should be exclusive or whatever. And he was like, well, you know, we like each other clearly, oh, yeah. but we're not going to be exclusive. I mean, eventually we'll get there where we both just sort of know to be exclusive. I was like, dude, what are you talking about? Oh. And then that wouldn't be so bad if he doesn't make her cry when she does explore other people. He basically has put her in exclusive zone while he still has the ability to do whatever he wants. And that pisses me off so much, so much. Exactly. Exactly. That. So what, so first she, the way she did her confessional, she was like, I told him I might be done with this. And then he came right away and she was like mm -hmm. all proud. Then they sit yeah. down on the couch. I'm here for this immature relationship though. I like watching it play out on TV. Yes. Um, unfortunately I relate to it. So I was like, eh, I don't mind. I get it. Yeah. Um, but then she says, okay, I hate doing this on camera, but I hate doing this, but can we talk about where we stand. And when he said, well, there's no need to make it exclusive. I'm like, well, that's literally what she just asked. Right. And then she was like, oh yeah, me too. I agree. I yes. agree. No, you don't. You want to be exclusive. Just tell him you want to be exclusive. Like, and I don't understand his whole, like, eventually we'll just know. And I mean, obviously they get there because they're exclusive now, but yeah. it just really makes me angry. Like if you truly don't want to be exclusive, then don't make her feel bad for doing other exactly. things. Like you did it to the point where she now won't even entertain other people, but you're clearly obviously still entertaining other people. Exactly. Um, 
Also, I want to point out something that happened right before at the end of the party when Kyle, he talks to Maya and then he goes and apologizes to the girls. This is where I, this is where the issue with Sierra comes in for me. And Paige clearly is friends with Kyle. They've been friends now for years, even though, Mm -hmm. even though she's primarily Amanda's friend, she is still Kyle's friend and she understands the good side of Kyle. So she's willing to give him a hug, but Sierra is like, grow up. Can you just grow up already? And I'm like, bitch, you like Austin. Like, let's just put it in perspective. Like I purposely go out of my way not to judge people because I Mm -hmm. have trash taste Mm -hmm. and make horrible choices. By the way, I love on your post where you're like, let's just all admit it. We like book boys. We fall for them because it's true. Like I can even say like watching Austin and them, like as a viewer, you're kind of like, "Mm," but I will say that if I was in that position, I'd be giggling. I'd be talking to him. I'd be flirting up a storm with him. And then if I I saw him doing that with someone else, I'd be like, wait, oh, my God, it would just entice me more because I'm toxic like that. So Uh, that's where I lose my toxicity. That's when I would be like, I'm so jealous. I wish (laughs) I could. That's unfortunately where I'm like, I can play this game. And I I tell people this a lot because I most of my relationships, except for my one long term relationship, but all the other ones, it was like a game to get them to commit. Mm. And I've had other friends in situations throughout the years that are in the same situation. And I said, look, I can teach you how to get them to commit, but all you win at the end of the day is a bad relationship, right? Right. a relationship based purely on games and you're never going to trust them, but you, you can get it, but that's all you're looking. If that's the, if that's what they want, Mm -hmm. then it's not going to be good. So I'm solidly on the route right now of like, I want to be with someone who I don't have questions about how they feel about me. Like if I'm like, does he, doesn't he like, well, like I don't want to deal with any of that anymore. It's too exhausting and it never really goes away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe like even, even a couple years in there's just still, if that's how they like to toy with people, it's a red flag. Yeah. I agree. Um, And with the Sierra thing. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Did you finish? I don't, about <laughs> I, I don't know. Go ahead. I don't know. We have so much more to go into, so probably I'll get to it. Go ahead. So much with Sierra. Um, I okay. Can I say something? I have to admit Please. something. I don't really like Sierra. I know. And like I do this thing. Okay, so um, obviously <laughs> I'm black. Hello. So hey. um, sometimes it's harder for us to get into like certain spaces. So like I just had to like. Black girls solidarity. I try not to drag other Black women, especially when they're in like a space where they're the only one, right? So like, I mean, obviously I'm not going to excuse if stuff is like super bad. Yeah. So like if I had something to say, I'd be like, mm, she could have done this better, but I'm not going to go out of my way to like super drag her because she's the only one in this situation. But like, thank God for Maya, because now I can be like, I can't stand Sarah. <laughs> Maya opened up the door for Maya people to be like, I can now live in my truth. I don't I can, like Sierra. Yeah, no. And I tried. I tried again out of solidarity. But like, I think she's a mean girl. I think that she treated and I don't even like Luke that much. I think she treated Luke so poorly. Um, and it's just like every time, like the only time I feel like I really find her enjoyable is when she's laughing with Paige. Or when she's like being nice to Maya. Yes. And I think that she's nice to Maya because she's not threatened by Maya. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think she very much has like the pretty girl thing. And you get that also too. Like when you grow up as well, being like the only black face and mostly predominantly white spaces, which is how I grew up and how she's mentioned she's grown up. Like there is such a level of being like, 
the pretty black girl or the exotic one or the whatever. So um, like you still stand out and you're still special, even if you're like, it's good and bad. But I see what you're saying. It's good and bad. You're right. And she's gorgeous. So I'm sure it was even more for her because she's so pretty. Um, So I think and we can talk. I'll save that part for later. when we talk about her and Lindsay. (laughs) But um, but yeah, I think that she's not threatened by Maya. So she's fine with her, but like with everyone else. And she just has these moments where you can see that she's just not that nice. And I think that she got a lot of grace, A, because she was the first one, you know, first black girl and the only one on the cast. And then B, because she was a nurse during the pandemic. So people were like, oh, she's a saint. Like nurses can be assholes too. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Like, let's not forget. Okay. That's a big, my dad was in the hospital and he had multiple nurses and there were a few that were just terrible. Right. And this isn't all nurses because nurses, I, this is all every single profession. I feel like there's just certain professions where people are like, oh, you're in that. You must be a saint. And it's like, no, they're still humans mm-hmm. and it's still just a job. So that person can be wonderful or awful, depending on the exactly. person. Exactly. Um, let's get into the because on the way up. So everyone's driving up to the Hamptons and the girls, Paige, Sierra and Maya are in the car. This is where Maya, again, just queen. She goes, I like Craig. I just don't love him in a boyfriend role. I'm like, stay mm. true. Stay true. Yes. Thank you for saying it. Thank you for staying honest. But Sierra admits she's like, I'm so nervous to see Austin. And when I rewatch to take notes, I realized again how bitchy she was in this moment uh-huh. because she's like, Lindsay's just been like, I want all his attention up in winter house. And now I'm where she's going to be like, oh, it's my birthday. I want all the attention. And I'm like, OK, wait. You're missing the part where you never acknowledged or honored that they had a friendship. And she came into that house thinking they were going to have a romantic relationship, only to find that you two had already hooked up. And she just completely put her feelings aside. She never once asked you guys to, like, not flirt in front of her anything like that. Thank God she got a little bit of action from Jason. But she watched that whole relationship play out after she drunkenly confessed her love. Mm-hmm. Humiliated. And Sierra did not care. Sierra did At not all. care. And didn't we find out that they had hooked up before? Yes. And Austin had hooked up. And like, so at first when I was watching it, I was like, I don't understand why Sierra is all over this Austin thing, especially after because we all saw in Winterhouse like where he was trash talking poor Lindsay, like she was crazy. Meanwhile, he had slept with her. Of course, she's. And I I hate when guys and women do this. It's like. Oh, they're so crazy. They're so this. It's like, well, what did you do? And in this case, we clearly saw that he had said those things to her. They had slept together. They have been friends for three years. Of course, she feels that way. Like, how else is she going to feel? So then to like say that stuff to Sierra, it's just like, for me, I'm like, why is Sierra still entertaining this? But then I remembered that they shot this before Winterhouse was aired. So she wouldn't have seen it. But yeah, she still says some shady stuff on Watch What Happens. And that was after Winterhouse aired. So I think she might just be in her pride right now. But she is. Yeah, it's just she's just. I don't know. Sierra <laughs> is she's just so like about me and so like not considerate, I feel like, of other people and like the whole treatment of and I love that Luke brought it up later, right? like the whole treatment of her with. Luke versus like her with the um, Sierra or with the Lindsay situation, I feel like are so 
parallel and like the way she handled them. Like she didn't care last year. She didn't care at all. Not even just summer house, summer house, winter house. She didn't care that Luke was there. She did whatever. And her and Luke have hooked up so Luke could have feelings and she did not care at all. Yeah. She, she even says she's like, Lindsay's been dropping hints that Austin's coming for her birthday. I'm like, that's not really a hint. That's her telling you like we're friends still. We are still, you know, but I, I just, think she took that as like a, okay, a challenge is accepted. Gauntlet thrown challenge accepted. This is the pretty girl syndrome. I made a whole post about it because I, I get it. She is not used to rejection. She's mm-hmm. not used to not getting what she wanted. So mm-hmm. she got what she wanted on winter house and she felt real cool, but then they totally fizzled out. And uh, my friend Piaget, who's been on the pod before said that um, she's like, I don't think Austin would ever date a black girl in real life. I mean, he didn't even know we used sunscreen, so I don't think he's been around many black people. And she said she's like, notice when the real world happens, like when they're not filming, she's Mm -hmm. not really in his life. But then when they're filming, she's, you know, he's in and she goes, I get it because she's gorgeous, but it is like a fetishized thing for Austin, not a real Mm -hmm. thing. So, yeah, bad all around. I Um, agree. And I don't see why Sierra doesn't see that. Like, right. You like, even if winter house hadn't premiered, I would still be like, Hey, this guy I was hooking up with in winter house who was barely communicated with me or seemed interested in me is now coming back to the house. And like, obviously he's still talking to Lindsay because they're friendly enough for the point where no matter what happened in winter house, she invited him for her birthday. So they've obviously kept a friendship going that you haven't. I know you said you saw him in Charleston the one time, but he has not continued communication with you. So why are you still trying to win this person who clearly doesn't respect you? Like, I don't get it, but all right. Uh, Exactly. A little tiny moment that just kind of shows that there's zero joy in the relationship. Kyle and Amanda, they walk in and Kyle goes, traffic's getting bad again. And Amanda goes, what about Travis? Mm-hmm. And Kyle under his breath is like, oh, just shut the fuck up. I'm like, he needs Ooh. to stop talking under his breath. He, I know we might. all do it, <laughs> but you have a mic on. Like we hear it every time and like we all do it, but like it's worse when there's a mic and then there's subtitles. And I do feel like they are just in a rough spot. And I wonder with their relationship, like if part of the reason Amanda puts up with the drinking and stuff, if it's maybe not as bad when they're not on camera, like when they're not filming, maybe he's more chill. I would hope so. Cause I like, I've always liked their relationship. I really do think they have like a genuine friendship and when they're not going through shit, like they get along so well. And I enjoy, I enjoy watching like last season. Together. Yeah. Last season. They were good. I would say that he's not a bad drinker off camera, but she talked about in the first episode, how the, like a couple weekends prior when there was no filming going on, mm. he had been out and her mom sent a car to pick her up, to take her away from the house. Uh, yeah. So I don't, think it's necessarily just when they're filming but Mm -hmm. at this point now kyle i don't mind like it's a when someone has a problem with drinking it's a very simple fix they just need to get that tweak to figure out how they can get it under control um with them do you think he's like an alcoholic though or he just already switched because i don't get alcoholic vibes i think he just doesn't know his limit when she starts and i just think he's a bad like he's an un like she doesn't like the kind of drunk he gets 
like he's a jovial drunk, but he's a sloppy drunk and he's unattractive to her probably when he drinks. And she just like as soon as because I had an ex who was a bad drunk and Mm. he like when he would get drunk, I would just be so turned off. And that's the vibe I'm getting from Amanda. Like as soon as she catches like the the face starting to change and the buzz kicking in, she's like, Mm. stop, Kyle, stop, because she doesn't want to have to feel like disgusted by him. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Luke brings Lindsay flowers. Lindsay shows up honking her horn. Everyone's being excited for Lindsay's birthday, but Sierra is just sitting there pissed off. She's like, fuck, here we go. And mm-hmm. I would like to say something, Sierra, you're new here. Okay. Lindsay started this show. She yep. has not been off the show ever, ever, never. So show some respect a little bit. The show was built on this. It's her birthday. Like if you like, who do you really like in this house besides Paige? Right. And And I'm a birthday person. So like it's my birthday season. I celebrate all month long. So I would be on Lindsay's level about that party. So um, I get it. And Paige is just, I mean, not Paige. um, Sierra's just not feeling Lindsay. But I think it's like, I think if Austin wasn't coming that weekend, her whole vibe would have been different about the party, about Mm. everything. Yeah, I know, because she's just panicked and like nervous. She's drinking too. She's drinking too fast. Paige is catching her. Um, and then so they're like, Amanda goes, so where's Austin staying? And I loved it. I, it. Lindsay's like, I assumed my room. And it was just so like was snuck in there in a way that was so petty. But I was like, oh, my God, like I got chills because I don't know what I would have done. Like they all yeah. just got quiet. Yeah. Um, we'll see. And this brings me back to the whole Sierra of it, like if they're still talking to the point where she is comfortable saying he's probably crashing in my room. Mm-hmm. So why are you yes. still working on this thing? That's clearly not a thing. And then Lindsay too, like, point. hello, this man trashed you in winter house. Like this man was so like dismissive of you and your feelings and rude to you. And I mean, I'm assuming that they probably talked it out between when they shot and now. So maybe she's forgiven him, especially if they've been friends for like three years, like, I get that you can move past that. And Lindsay seems like the type to be able to chill and move past that. Yeah, she really does. But like Sierra, I just, I don't know. Couldn't be me. That's what I'll say. That's a good point though. Like as soon as you hear Lindsay say, he'll probably sleep in my room. That means that like, okay, then I, I underestimated your relationship. So, you know, Mm -hmm. never mind. But instead she's like, no, you're not. Right. No, you're not. And this is where it got, like ugly for me with Sierra the way she just says like because then Austin gets there Lindsay wraps herself all around him huge hug uh they leave they leave them Sierra and Austin outside to talk and she goes oh you're not staying in Lindsay's room tell you that right now right and then she's like like, you're not even his girlfriend you're not even dating you haven't even even talked to him in months (laughs) you're you're not even like casually dating where it would kind of make sense you're just a random who's telling him i mean maybe they've hooked up a couple times probably um especially when they went to visit but still like mm. and he's like let's Mm. just have fun this weekend she goes yeah like make out or whatever i'm like i see what you did you let him know you're about it she absolutely did but then and this goes back to the whole, I don't understand you women. He makes a point of going out with Lindsay alone he to goes a bar right after that. Everybody like, what more does he have to say to you? 
right after he has this conversation with Sierra where he's like, let's just have fun. She goes, you're not sleeping in Lindsay's bed and you're going to make out with me. He goes, I know what to do. Walks in, says to Lindsay, let's just you and me go catch up somewhere and get a drink. I'm like, okay, so I would say that he was doing this just to be playful and have fun, but he clearly is doing it on purpose. He just had this conversation with Sierra. He knows this is going to aggravate her. Lindsay walking around, she's assuming he's going to stay in her bed. But then her face when he's like, I think I'm just going to stay in Andrea's room. Her face Mm -hmm. made me so nervous because we've all seen that face on Lindsay. I'm like, oh, she's going to explode. I feel like with the whole um, Austin thing, because he kind of said to her, that like, oh, I really try to like, or it's hard for me to like upset people. Or he said something like along those lines to Lindsay when they're having a conversation. And it sort of made me feel like he's just not that into Sierra, but he enjoys flirting with her. And when he's drunk, he's super flirty with her. And I don't understand like why Sierra, I feel like I've been saying, I don't understand a lot with this whole thing, but it's <laughs> like trying to wrap my head around it because Like, he literally is only extra attentive to her when he's drinking. Like, when he's sober, he's obviously making the conscious decision to talk to Lindsay, be around Lindsay, do whatever. And then he comes, tells Sierra she's pretty, then gets drunk and wants to do all, like, these other things with her. And I'm sure maybe they have some fun when they're sober, like, on television. But it's just, he's just not that into you, girl. No. Um, So... Before they go out again, I get a mean girl moment from Sierra because Lindsay's like, okay, we're going to go, whatever, just awesome. And then Lindsay's like, or Sierra's like, Lindsay always makes a point to be like, I have a relationship with Austin. Like, I just don't feel like it's a contest. Do you want a cookie? Maya can make you one. Right. I mean, you clearly, she clearly thinks it's a contest. Like, it's a contest. Yeah. That you're creating. It is. And I kind of want Lindsay to win and not, not, yeah, I'm kind of there too now. Because, not necessarily because I don't, you know, like Sierra that much, but more so because like Lindsay was there originally. He actually, I don't want either of them with him. I think he's treated them both very poorly. But if one had to win, I would want the one who's been there for that many years and has that much, you know, back history with them. And again, it's about if you, if they win, they get a bad relationship. So no one really right. wins, but he's like, not I, a prize. he's not a prize. No, he's and not I used surprised. to be a serious Austin lover. Like I, and it's so interesting seeing Austin and Craig like outside of the house because <laughs> when they were on Southern Charm, like they were my two faves. Like I, enjoyed I could them see both. that. I used to defend Craig all the time. When Austin was with Chelsea, I just loved their relationship. Like, oh yeah. But I think it's also like the other men on Southern Charm are like so bad that it was like, oh, they're they're decent. They're good. They're yeah. You, know, you have like fun. Thomas Ravenel and Chef right. and like really horrible people like old right. money South bad. Right. So these younger guys who were like fun and like yeah. when you compare like Austin by himself, you're like, uh, but when you have Austin <laughs> next to Chef, Austin looks amazing next to Chef. Like so Austin was like a breath of fresh air. When he came in, because that's a good point all over the place. Yeah, (laughs) they got into like so many fights, too, because Shep was trying to like sabotage any relationship that Austin was getting into. And Shep just looked bad. 
Right. And Shep always looked bad and Austin always looked good. So I was like, why did I like Austin so much? And I thought about it. I'm like, it's because Shep was so bad. But like, if you take them outside of that environment, you're like, oh, you guys are bad. That's such a good point. It's so true. It just says so much about, I did that uh, poll to see who was more toxic, the men of Vanderpump Rules yeah, or Southern Charm. I really do. It's Southern Charm Absolutely. because it's like, like Thomas Ravenel. I say no more, like right. stop right there. Yeah. JD or whatever that asshole's name was, who is mm-hmm. also Thomas's like friend and with the wife. Yeah. They're all just like next level dark, dark, yeah. actually. Yeah. So Lindsay and Austin, they go to this dive bar and then the rest of the house has this like cute little barbecue dinner thing. And um, this is when Sierra is like, Austin's not sleeping in her bed. That's all I know. And I was really like you said, I'm happy that Luke stood up here oh, because yeah. Two reasons. Number one, he needs to start getting more involved because he's starting to feel like, why are you here? Yes. You can't just play a guitar in the background at the end of a party. You have to like participate. Uh, and and two, like he did get a re- he got a rough, rough go of it uh, from the audience because of what Hannah did. Hannah really made it seem like she was this innocent, sweet victim. And Luke, you know, played her. And so. He says, like, I'm called a fuck boy, but Austin isn't and you're not. But you're basically doing the exact same thing. And they flash back to their conversation with Sierra telling him not to text her. And I remember that's what I knew. That's what I knew. She was about the bullshit when she said, don't text me after 10. I mean, there are some people who are like that, who have those like things. But you could tell she is not one of them. So, yeah, she I then it reminded me like she was really mean to him. Mm-hmm. He brought her on the show. He is the only reason she was there. And she didn't even like pretend to be friends with him. And he was still like, hey, I'm kind of into you. I still, you know what? Like you tried to be nice. And she was just like, whatever. And I get it because Hannah was also saying some stuff. So she didn't want to feel played. But it's interesting to me in that situation, or at least it tells me that she didn't really like Luke that much because she didn't activate her pretty girl. I'm going to win. She activated like girl code. I'm going to be with Hannah. But I think she also knew for tv purposes that women viewers are going to stick with you more if you stick with the girls and it's better to get in with the girls first than to, to come and steal in one of their man and ironically um she chose hannah like or hannah was the one that she sided with and hannah became the most disliked person on the cast well going into it hannah was one of the faves so it made sense yeah. never hannah by me Gage, for the record um, i never liked hannah you didn't for i enjoyed her her I and, saw right um, through her I liked her up until honestly more of the Luke stuff because she was so like, I'm like a dude's dude. Like I'm cool. I'm chill. Yeah, red flag. But then like, true, true. But then like she got with Luke and was like so opposite of all of those things. And you're right. It is a red flag for me. Like certain people who are like, Oh, I only hang with guys. I like guys. They tend to be like the worst of the girls. Yeah. Because they don't have other girlfriends to check them as they should. And then also it's usually like the need for attention, the need for blah, blah, blah. I do think in that situation, Luke was a little bit of a fuckboy with leading her on. Absolutely. But yeah, I want that um, never to be forgotten. Luke is a fuckboy because he just like exudes like flirtatious energy with everybody. And then he's like, what? I didn't. I'm just talking to my friend. It's very gaslighting. But at the same time, 
Hannah, let me just plead my case with Hannah. What I noticed on her first season, um, the Southern Charm guys came into town for one of their like white party. I think it was Kyle's birthday. It was like a toga Mm -hmm. party. And Paige was trying to get Hannah's attention. And Hannah was too busy, like being all flirtatious with everyone. It was a tiny little moment. Mm -hmm. And she and Paige was like, God, Hannah, how much attention from guys do you need? And she went, the limit does not exist. And like kind of looked off and like made a little pouty face. And I went, she's not about her ladies like she wants mm-hmm. to front she yeah. likes being a tomboy and she kind of uses it as like a a flirtation technique because yes. it's like she does that and almost no other girl does that so she right. gets to be like the different one yeah. and she fronted like she was a girl's girl but she really i mean i could see why she wasn't as horrible as she be- became at the beginning right. but i just spotted it I sp- yeah. i've also maybe known someone like that yeah that- i'm realizing mm-hmm. I'm like, I think we all kind of have like that person who's like, oh, I'm so cool. I'm so chill. And it's like, no, you're you're the opposite of it. And yes. if you could acknowledge that you're not cool and you're not chill, you would be able to address it correctly. Exactly. But because you won't acknowledge it, it's just a big problem. Exactly. Um, OK, so the timeline of this is is important because I realized as I was taking notes. So Austin and Lindsay are at their little dive bar. The, the dive bar conversation is Austin totally telling on Sierra. He's like, Sierra told me I can't sleep in your room, which Mm -hmm. he knows is going to make Lindsay be like, are you fucking kidding? He knows he's going to do that. Mm -hmm. They finish up this conversation. Then they all meet up with everybody at the social club or whatever it's called. Lindsay and Austin get there. They are wasted, which I Mm -hmm. saw coming. They got a shot of tequila and a tequila drink. Yeah, that's you're often you're on and popping. Yeah, but he's immediately all over Sierra. You were just, he's drunk. yes. And he's you drunk. were just talking shit about her with Lindsay. And so Lindsay drunk has to watch them as he's like grabbing her ass and kissing her. Can we just, can we pause for a moment? Like when did calling someone a Jezebel become flirtatious? I like, missed, I, I missed that. When does he say, when did he say that? He says like, Oh, you little minx. And then he says like, you Jezebel or something. And then she laughs and I'm like, Jezebel, like I needed them to subtitle this part because I couldn't really hear what was going on. Okay. Yeah. I think they subtitled the mix. Yeah. They they did. But they didn't subtitle the Jezebel. I don't think so. You had to hear it. And I heard it and I was like, what? And who says Jezebel? What the men from Southern charm men from Southern charm. (laughs) Who the fuck says Jezebel? He also said, you look like Celine Dion. What? I don't know what was coming out of his mouth. And I also have to say, I'm very leery of men who talk shit about other. Well, I'm leery in general of people who talk shit about other people in their lives. Um, But like men, like if you have this supposed friendship with Lindsay, like back in Winter House, and now you're talking all this crap about her to me, like as Sierra, that's a little bit of a red flag to me. Like I'm now expecting that you're going to talk crap about me to other people. And that's exactly what he did. That's what I'm doing. Right. He has no loyalty nope. uh, and it's all got, it's all being captured on camera, which is so crazy. Um, OK, so they leave there and this little moment happened where I just I clearly just love Carl too much. They get home. Lindsay's wasted and he helps her take her shoes off. She has her mm-hmm. shoe, her feet up on the table. Yeah. He goes, it takes a village. And then yeah. he takes her purse and shoes up to her. I room. love Carl. I love Carl even during his fuckboy days. I gotta admit, that I, did too. I did too. Okay, yeah, I can live in my truth here. Yeah, live in your truth. 
I loved him even back then because you know what? And this is, this is how the book boys get us is like, <laughs> we think that they're going to be a Carl, right? Because underneath his fuckboyery, you could tell he was a really nice guy. Like he would have really nice moments. He was so sweet to his mom. So you Aww. just have this like, oh, I can tell he's the type of guy when he finds the one, he's going to be amazing. Or I can tell the guy, he's the type of guy once he grows up, he's going to be amazing. Then he went and did it. So now we're all still holding on that fuck boys will grow up and be like Carl. But oh, right. <laughs> but it's like, it's so nice to see because it's like, that's what had me liking him. Like there was always an undercurrent of he's a great guy. And he ended up being one. But ladies, if you're listening, he's an exception. He's not the rule. He is an exception. And here's the difference. And here's what you can look at. Carl was always trying to reinvent himself. Mm. He would Carl 2.0, Carl 3.0, I think. Like he He always. And yes, he was failing, but we don't ever see Austin say like, I'm a different guy now. Never one time. Right. And I think that's why when I did the poll on who's more toxic, Jax or Austin, I am going to vote Austin because and I maybe just need I mean, I've rewatched Vanderpump Rules so many times, like the season Mm -hmm. where he cheats, where he it's found out that he cheated with Faith. I literally used to watch Mm -hmm. it like. And the one loop. with Kristen, like I still yes, he's will never sh- get over the Kristen and the Jacks of it all. I'll never get over that. He is absolutely toxic, but because he's so unapologetic about it and he is he's always pretending like he's working on himself. It's mm. maybe like more obvious that he's toxic as where Austin sees nothing wrong with what he does. Mm. Now, that's that interesting. me. It's interesting that you mentioned that because you're right. Jax does always say he's working on getting better so why are we okay with the fight why are we okay and we like the fact that carl constantly says he's getting better and didn't but we're not okay with jacks well because carl actually like we didn't i didn't necessarily like the whole carl 2.0 thing until he really did it that's true that's true yeah because we did call bullshit when because i remember calling bullshit during those times too and if jacks were to like oh my god transform himself and get sober we would be like oh my god but i actually don't think jacks is capable i think jacks is a sociopath down to his core i was about to say i don't think jacks has that undercurrent of a great guy like the way we see it yeah with carl where even when he was being a jerk like there's an undercurrent of a great guy I, I've never gotten that undercurrent with Jax. Like, ever. no, Jax to his core, like I've said it a million times on the pod and I'll say it again. If we found out that he was like a serial killer, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. He's like that level of like a sociopath where he justifies everything he does. But then he like in the same breath, is like, I'm really working on myself. So, well, I think he's also kind of like a narcissist, um, oh, not yeah. full blown because I think we've seen him apologize for stuff. And also, I don't like to label people with mental disorders, but like, I do think he has a lot of like pure textbook narcissistic tendencies. And even apologies can be narcissistic. Um, okay, so they're back at the house. Lindsay's wasted. She's got her shoes taken off and car- and um, Austin and Sierra are just like fully kissing in the kitchen and Lindsay is so pissed. So she mm-hmm. goes to bed. But this this bitch knows how to shake it off because come the next day, she's up and she's prepping this party like she's like, on, on yeah. it. Um, but before that, though, Austin and Sierra go into the room together. Mind you, Austin is drinking straight from the bottle like tequila or something. He's mm-hmm. just got I was looking like, is it water? No, <laughs> it is like yeah. tequila Alcohol, in his hand. Yeah. And he is drinking it straight. Mm-hmm. And I've been Sierra where like, even if they're drunk, you still like want their mm-hmm. attention and you're kind of only getting it when they're drunk anyway. So, yeah. Oh, and can I say like, 
quick introduction with Austin. I feel like he has progressively gotten worse. Like Austin, when he first came on Southern charm is a very different guy than the Austin he is now. And I think that's also why a lot of us liked him before, but now he's falling into this party boy, which I kind of get right. Like none of us like working or having responsibilities. We can get paid to do whatever we can do, whatever, but now it's running on a little bit too long. And now he's just totally like this party guy. Like you said, like drinking straight out of the bottle. And I think it's changed him. I I agree. The fame, the fame Mm has 100% changed him. And maybe he's like leaning further into this character. Um, When I had Jamie Stein on the pod, we were talking about Vanderpump rules. And he said, sometimes I wonder if they want to ever evolve because these characters have made them rich and famous. Yeah. And so I I, I don't think they always do. And I think also they get into this whole thing of like, this is who the audience expects me to be like, yeah. like, like, like a Ramona. Ramona will never change because there's always people who are cheering on that behavior. So, and I think Austin is one of those who's leaned into it. I do think though, because of like how he was when he first got on the show, I still with him hold a little bit of a space for redemption and growing up Okay, if he decides to, but he really have to really yeah. make a change. He's got to put that in. Um, so while Sierra and Austin are like fooling around in the bedroom, Kyle is wrapped in a blanket and he's just eating. (laughs) Kyle is like, I, when Kyle is drunk and eating, I just connect to it. So it's like the comfort that I need. I'm like, yes, there's someone I would be doing that. Like whenever I have a drink, I'm like, I need to eat. So he's, he's doing that. Luke is strumming the guitar in the room with the good acoustics. Uh, but then back at back in the bedroom with Austin and Sierra, he says, I want to eat you from front to back. Take it off. Forgetting that they have cameras. The cameras yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. If there were no cameras there, I would have like, been like, OK, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> like <and laughs> those lines would have gotten me because I was on Twitter. And me too. Like, oh, it's so vulgar. I'm like, vulgar. Turn me on. Are you kidding? <laughs> but yes, with the cameras there, I would have just been like, oh, my God, why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> you're admitting you're like okay um because cameras are here i have to be like how dare you exactly yeah. you cover the cameras up you're like let's do this um all right so next morning and uh, this is something i applaud summer house for they are setting up the party themselves carl mm-hmm. even posted about it in his stories he's like yes we get a little help here and there but it is us setting all of this up yeah i just get a tie get tired thinking about it setting all that up for a party they gotta mm-hmm. take it all down yeah. Ugh, I'm tired. But it's fun though. Well, because I did event planning for a while and I still do it like a little bit for friends. I do love event planning. Like it's one of the things that actually I loved about Summer House when it started that they kept having like these theme parties. And I always say, like, that's the main reason I want to be on a reality show. Like if I ever did one, is because I want to force my friends to do theme parties with me all the time. <laughs> like that would literally be my only reason for being on reality television. <laughs> um, I used to have this. Uh, this is a very guilty pleasure and I don't talk about it with a lot of people, but you're in a safe place. There is like the trashiest of trash reality TV shows that I love and I've seen like 20 seasons of it's British. It's called the only way is Essex. It's on oh. Hulu. It's the worst, but it's also the best, but they constantly have like these theme parties and I just, I love it. Um, and I love this show too, because like they, they will watch episodes and then film. So then they're like talking about what they just saw on like two Ooh. episodes ago as they're filming the new episodes. It's amazing. It's That's amazing. cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like that. I would like to introduce that concept even on Bravo. Right? Yeah, I agree. But if you really want some trash reality TV in British accents, it's like, time. for example, it would have been nice if they just gave them all the winter house footage going yes. into summer house. Yes, it would have changed so much. Really? Yeah. It really would have. Because if Lindsay knew all the things Austin was saying, mm-hmm. she would not have made up with Austin. Yeah. Although I, I guess she had seen it by the time he was doing Watch What Happens Live after they wrapped summer house and she was yeah. still friends with them. She'd seen it. Lindsay yeah. can just dust herself off. That is like, yeah. how, that's well, kind of why. Not- Lindsay's not friends with him anymore, right? Didn't he say something? Yeah, recent, yeah. like as of because in no, it was November of last year that he did the whole Watch What Happens Live humiliation. Mm-hmm. Where, if in case listeners don't know, they play. I mean, it's a shady game. They always mm-hmm. make them play shady games. They're going to piss off somebody. Yeah, and it was like who's who's better, Lindsay or Sierra? So just the most antagonizing, fucked up game in the world. While Lindsay's in the audience, right. Right. That's the worst part. She was sitting right there. Why would you not say her name? And, and of course they like, don't answer. Yes. He's like, who's a better kisser? And he says, Sierra. And who's it just it was Sierra got all of it. And Lindsay was humiliated. But I think by that point, Winter House had aired. Right. Yeah. Because I think they were talking about Winter House. So yeah. it was air or so she saw. But I yeah. guess because they had talked it through already at that point and like so much had happened since. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. It really stressed me out that Austin and Sierra were barely doing anything to set up the party, though. It was like they were just like chatting. And I'm like, Lindsay's going to kill you, not mm-hmm. because of just you, but like set up the damn party. Right. And I feel like Paige gets a lot of <laughs> a lot of like, I mean, she doesn't always help the most, let's she be doesn't. honest. But she does help sometimes. But I think like Sierra does like nothing. Yeah. And Paige gets roped in with her doing nothing. Yeah. Like, because people always say like, oh, those two don't do anything. I'm like, Paige was actually helping set up that party. Amanda doesn't either for the record. Amanda right. like only was help- they- Lindsay just wouldn't let any of them get off the hook this time. But for the most yeah. part, Amanda, Paige and whoever else is there, they're like, we don't do that. Right. And it just stresses me out. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle and Austin, they go on a liquor store run. Mm hmm. And Kyle brings up the prenup. Now, I have to take a deep breath for this conversation. Okay, here's where (laughs) I land. I don't understand why it's even a question. I feel like in a marriage, it's a business transaction at the end of the day, because you could just technically never get married, stay together and have the same type of a relationship and commitment without any of the paperwork. But if there's going to be paperwork, then I think it's a pretty smart idea to get a prenup. It doesn't. I don't understand why this is ever a debate. And I would I like to point out that when when Schwartz asked Katie to get a prenup on Vanderpump Rules, Katie, Katie Maloney, who's one of the most disliked people on Bravo at times. I love her. I'm sure I had a feeling you did. I had a feeling you did. I don't know why. As soon as I said it, I'm like, I bet you bought it. But Katie was like, sure. OK, no problem, because it's like it's just it's just what you do. It's just it's, come on. Now. I just feel like. In this day and age, why are we being stupid about it? Like, we, of course, you don't want to prepare for divorce, but it's not preparing for divorce. It's being smart. And like, I could almost give it a grain of salt if it was like a really religious couple, like, because, you know, because marriage is really kind of seen a couple different ways. So there's the people who are like, it's a unity under God. It's Mm -hmm. this like sacred thing. So like, if someone who has that view of marriage is like no prenup because we're not ending it, like. I still think it's dumb, but I get it. Yes. But if you're not superly religious and you're just getting married because you're getting married, like 
you said part of it is business. You're doing your taxes, you're doing all of these things. So why would you not sign a prenup? That makes no sense to me, especially knowing the statistics of divorce. So even if, and I also look at it this way, if I have to figure out like what I'm, I guess you could say worth in the relationship or how I want to be taken care of if anything goes wrong, I want to have those conversations while you are in love with me and willing to give me whatever I want right? than when we hate each other at the end of the relationship. And that's sort of why I think prenups are vital prior to anything going south, because when you are pissed, you'll right, do you some shit. Even I think the best of people, and I'm like, I, I pride myself on being a good and a kind person, but like when my ex and I were breaking up, I let my puppy chew his shoelaces. So so <laughs> mad at him and I knew it would make him upset you know like we just we all get shady and petty and it's just like you would rather I think it's better to have those conversations from a place of like oh what do I have to give you at the end is not the place to have it versus in the beginning where it's like if something happened to me like or if we split up like how how would you be taken care of what do you deserve and I get that it can be uncomfortable because like I read Gabrielle Union's um her book her first one and she talked about how and her and Dwayne Wade had to do their prenup, even though like, you know, they have the lawyers and they're both like super rich. It was a rocky point in their relationship because of what he wanted to give her. And she's like, you think that I'm only worth that much. And you like, so I get it. It can be uncomfortable, especially if you're both rich, but it's still a needed conversation. And I don't understand why you would not have it. So like them not having it, especially when they know money's already an issue. They like, have if businesses. I was Amanda, if I was Amanda, I would be pro- pro- I would be the one saying we need a prenup, not him. Exactly. I would be the one saying we need a prenup. Because like, we need to I make don't. sure we know exactly what to do with this if this marriage does not work out. Because we are also business partners. We own a business. We own multiple businesses at this point. Oh, yeah. I'm so I'm glad we're on the same page here. I'm actually surprised that Amanda is so against agreed I'm, I'm surprised like when Teresa said she wasn't for it like I, exactly <laughs> I, I got it like I'm like I'm not surprised even though I'm surprised because you should learn your lesson but like with Amanda I'm truly surprised that she's so anti agreed agreed with the with Teresa we're like you would say that right. but with Amanda you're young you're like we we know by now by now I mean, we know quite honestly we also know that you're questioning not walking down the aisle so how can you be like there's a contract so almost not ready to get married but you don't hold want to talk on. about this you might split it up like hold on no. hold on hold on there's even a contract that kyle yes. signed in case the wedding didn't happen thank you which is basically a prenup it's a wedding prenup that's what i'm saying that's why i don't understand why okay. she's so anti-prenup like it makes no sense to me it makes no sense you've already basically done one yeah wow 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 um, all right. So everyone's ready for the party. And this just and looking just, amazing, by the way, those costumes, great costumes, all amazing. I love the theme. Great mm-hmm. theme. Um, Paige, like, tries to kind of show Andrea that she's not interested by FaceTiming Craig immediately, mm-hmm. Um, which was a good move. But I also felt so bad for Andrea when he like yeah. walked up all like little sad puppy dog. Yeah. And that's the thing is that's why I'm like, I don't think. Page is really being like a fuck boy. But I do think that it still is hard to see because we all like Andrea. You know, like we all we all he's like proven. Him. He's proven that sure. he's like a sweet, kind-hearted oh, person. But I do have to say, when she asked him, like, do you really want to date me? He's like, I don't know. I might want to. Yeah. Like, oh, good so I, also, I also understand her being like, Well, why am I gonna put my eggs in that basket? You're not even sure. 
You're right. He wasn't like, I would like to make this thing official between us. He just was like, I don't know. Should I stop flirting with you? Good point. I feel less bad. Yeah. Um, Kyle dancing in that. um, Oh, I'm so sorry. Can we take something back really quick? Because I wanted to vent about something. Oh, yes. Real fast. That damn blanket on the floor. Oh, I'm so I totally missed it. You're right. You're right. I totally (laughs) missed the part of my notes. Go on. And Amanda making a big deal about it had me so irritated. Like, I'm really one of those people, like, I don't want to argue over stupid shit that doesn't need to be argued about. And maybe it's because, like, my mom, like, when people ask questions that they know the answer to or that doesn't need an answer, like, it irritates me for some reason. And I think it's because growing up, like, my mom would do that. And it's just like, Amanda, just pick up the damn blanket. Why is this, like... He's not even awake yet. He's not even awake. He's practically asleep. And like, does it need to be a conversation? Like, does the blanket on the floor need to just pick up the damn blanket? She wouldn't let it go. Kyle, why is this blanket on the floor? He's like, I I don't, he didn't even know what she was talking about. And she just kept talking about it out of the bed, in the bed, still talking about it. And I think she's at her wits end. So everything he's doing right now is irritating her and everything she's doing is irritating him. But like watching it, I was like, you don't shut up about that damn blanket. <laughs> I actually even I, I can even not defend her, but I can explain, I think, where she's coming from. She wants him not to drink. And so she, he probably said he would like calm down his drinking. But obviously mm-hmm. he got blackout drunk again. Doesn't remember how the blanket got up here. It's not a big deal. But she's like what she's saying is you got blackout drunk again and you don't remember again. Yeah. True. But instead, we're like, OK, bigger fish to fry, Amanda. Yeah. 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 But that makes sense. Yeah. She's trying to point out that makes sense. Like so it was like annoying, but it makes sense. Yeah. Oh, so annoying, though. Like it, she she's not doing herself any favors. And the difference is Kyle is addressing these things on social media. Like he's like, I know it's not the best look for me. I'm sorry, but I don't really see her taking any ownership of any of her stuff. Right. Yeah. It's just Kyle is the bad guy. Right. Like she's not reacting well, like even the first night, like, was he wrong for staying out forever? Absolutely. Not answering her phones. Absolutely. But you breaking all of his shit was not okay either. You know, like that was not all right. And he actually tried to point that out and still somehow got the brunt of the blame for it. And he took it well, but she's just not reacting. I also think that like, he's, he's really used to getting the edit of being the bad guy. And mm. and Andy even runs with it. Like when they go yeah. and watch what happens live, Andy loves to drag Kyle. Yeah. When um, when it was just Amanda and Sierra on, Kyle was in the audience and he was like, every game was like, how stupid is Kyle? Would yeah. you marry Kyle? And he's like, are we really like Amanda's yeah. not so damn perfect. I wish right. and I know it's not as funny to make fun of the woman as it is to make fun of the man. Mm. Uh, but Amanda's not perfect. OK, no. Amanda is doing a lot. And I wish we would address it, but no one will because it's like poor Amanda. He well, cheated on her. I'm like, that's it. a thousand yep. years ago, you guys. Yep. But that's the main thing is she all had our sympathy with the cheating. And so now we're all like, oh, but I mean, I'm not. I'm over it. I'm like, girl, if I'm you're like, deciding girl, to stay. You, you made a choice. And I said this last week on the pod. When I was cheated on by a boyfriend, my therapist at the time said, you're going to learn if you can handle being cheated on or not. Some Mm -hmm. women can, some women can't. I cannot. I cannot. Um, I'm in a different place now because I don't really think I believe in monogamous relationships in general. So I don't really think it's like, I feel like we need to have like a off. Ooh, 
I need to have you on one of my lives and we can talk about it. I was going to say we, we got into this when Quinn and I were on and oh, yeah. I, it's like a new version of relationships for me, even that's why I like mm-hmm. all the stuff on Salt Lake City about who's cheating on their husband. I'm like, it doesn't matter, you guys like these aren't big revelations. These people have been in relationships for over 20 years. I'm sure someone's mm-hmm. cheated. Well, and I think most of the time people know. Yeah. And it's just like, don't yes. embarrass me because yeah. they'll stay until like Wendy Williams stayed with her husband for years of cheating. But then when he had a baby, she's like, I'm out. It's like, as long as you don't embarrass me, I think a lot of people stay through cheating. I agree. Yeah. Anyway. So the party is underway and now Austin's already wasted. He's like done 15 shots. He says, um, and he's, this is where I posted on my, in my Instagram. This is where I understand how Austin pulls in chicks. Mm-hmm. He's like the funny, goofy guy at the party, which is yeah. works on me. It um, works on me every time. Every time he makes me, he made her feel special. He's putting his wig on her. He's making mm-hmm. her dance. They're dancing. Yeah. She feels like, oh my God, this guy likes me. Yep. Cut to <laughs> making out with Lindsay. He goes over and does literally the exact same thing with Lindsay right in front of Sierra. And I will say that here is the difference. Lindsay can watch these interactions that he's having with Sierra and just and she goes into dominant Leo mode mm-hmm. where she's like mine. It's very feline. It's very yeah. like this is mine. Watch me mm-hmm. as where like it doesn't make sense to um to Sierra. Sierra is not used to not getting the guy. Right. And these are two very worthy opponents. Both Mm -hmm. Sierra, they are both like their, their intention and their mission is equally powerful. So Austin is just igniting the flame and watching it burn up in, in, in a blaze of glory over him. Mm -hmm. Right. He loves also. I think also Lindsay is like, she's on her hot hub summer. Yep. So I think at this point, it's not that serious for her. Anymore. She wants to get laid. Yeah. She's just like, I think winter house, she was like, oh, emotions, blah, blah, blah. blah. I think she's past that point now. And now she just wants to hook up to hook up with a friend who she's hooked up with before. And I get it, girl. I agree. Someone else said that in my comments. They said, I think she's just honestly trying to get a birthday fuck. I'm like, yeah. okay, fair. Yeah. That's a good point. She's like, we've hooked up before. Exactly. He knows that, like, I'm not interested in more than that. Can I just get laid? And yep. it is true. Like, if I had someone that could be a fuck buddy, I would love it. I love a fuck yeah. buddy. Right. Same. Etiquette. They get it. Hello. Thank you. We yeah. both know what time it is. Uh, but Sierra is it's a conquest now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's so mean about Lindsay. She's like, Lindsay's crazy. Why would he even want to be with Lindsay? It's like that whole energy is what I'm getting. I hate that. Like, yeah. and in all of this, in all of this. Lindsay hasn't really done anything wrong. Like your energy should be at Austin. Lindsay truly hasn't. Cause again, it's not like you have a relationship. If anyone in this little triangle should be upset, it should be Lindsay because she was there first. You were allegedly who still hooked up with this guy. And I know, and like Sierra can't pretend like she doesn't know about them because she even made a point of talking to Lindsay about it. Yeah. That Lindsay was like, Lindsay was like, oh, no, it's not a big deal. It's not whatever. But I don't think Lindsay was lying in that moment. I think Lindsay really did mean like it's not a big deal. It's whatever. I think she got drunk and wanted to fuck. And that's whatever as well. Yeah. But um, I think if anyone could be upset, it could be Lindsay, not Sierra, because Sierra came in to this whole thing later. And even this weekend, he wasn't trying to come out to visit you any weekend this summer. He came out for Lindsay's birthday. Like, 
You know, what's interesting too about Sierra, like when you said it, it kind of made me realize like she came on this show through Luke, mm-hmm. dumped Luke. And she's always been kind of like annoyed by every single person on the cast. Like she thinks Kyle's annoying. She thinks Lindsay's annoying. She thinks Danielle's annoying. It's like, who do you like here? This is their show. Right. Yeah. I think she only likes Paige and I, even that, I'm not yep. sure how much of it is true friendship and how much of it is like knowing Paige was popular. And so she totally on that. Um, I liked getting, I liked that Maya was set up by Danielle. I like that Danielle, like, and I like the I way Danielle that. did it too. She's yes. like, I'm not going to make her nervous and be like, I have a guy for you. I'm just, cause she, mm-hmm. she knew that Maya would be too nervous for that. Yeah. And so instead she just let them kind of meet cute yeah. And that was, was adorable. And, and Maya, he was, he was so cute. And Maya was exactly kind of how I would have been like really uncomfortable and kind of not even knowing what to say. So I'm like, yes, shots. All mm-hmm. of the shots. Yes. Please. Yes. All of the shots. And um, I really like Danielle. Like, I feel like she's really grown on me to being one of like my faves. I think when she first came in, I didn't. I loved how unapologetic she was. I always love unapologetic people because like, that's something that I've worked on with my character to be more like that. Um, but I didn't love her. Cause I think, wasn't she like making out with Carl, but then I think that somewhere like Carl was kind of talking to someone else and then the Jordan of it all, but oh, yeah. either way, she has definitely grown on me and is now one of my faves. Yeah. I love her. She even like follows me on Instagram and comments on some on like messages me and stuff. And I'm like, oh, oh nice. so we're friends. OK, yeah. I'm like, we're friends. <laughs> that's how I feel about Lisa. <laughs> Lisa will like watch my story. Like if I post anything and I tag her then she'll she ends up like, you know, most people, if you tag uh-huh. them, they'll just watch that one thing. Like she will go through and watch the whole stories for the day. And I'm like, and I, I post a lot of stories, guys. Like there's a million <laughs> dots at the top of my thing. <laughs> I'm always surprised people sit through it, but I enjoy it. I post for myself. <laughs> Like I curl up at the end of the night. I'm like, what did I do today? So. <laughs> I have to go back and look at what I have too. Cause sometimes I'll like open my phone or my Instagram and I'll see, like, I have tons of messages. I'm like, wait, what did I put in my stories again <laughs> yeah. before I go to the messages? Let me remember what I did. Yeah. Um. So it ends with Lindsay kissing, uh, kissing uh, Austin. Um, and she's like, don't worry, I kiss everybody on my birthday. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you yeah. don't. You haven't kissed no. anyone else but Austin. Yeah. Um, and then this is where it was clear, like, oh, she's literally just trying to get laid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get what she did there. She's like, this is what I'm about right now. Can we please when everyone leaves, please let me get laid. Mm-hmm. Um, so then mid-season trailer, they talk about the prenup. Lindsay's like, I'm going to fuck Austin and Sierra's mad. But the Sierra and Danielle fight. I can't wait to see how that goes off. Like what sets it off and what makes it rise. And I like, like now I'm wondering like how, cause they didn't show us the end of the party. Right. Like no. we don't know who he ends up with if either. Because and we did and see, we did see Andrea's them hooking back. up at one point. Andrea's right. back. So he has to be in one of their rooms. So. You know, it's going to be, I feel it's going to be, I'm going to call it. It's going to be Lindsay. And he's going to because we saw in the original trailer for the season, we mm-hmm. saw them in the bed together, oh. although they could have just been editing that yeah. editors like to do that. shit. They do that. Yeah, they all, made it seem the like he, they made it seem like he said the front to back line to Lindsay, but he actually mm-hmm. said it to Sierra. So they could yeah. be messing with us. Yeah, um, I love for though, the sake of her birthday. I hope it's with Lindsay. Exactly. I want her to get laid for her birthday. Everyone she deserves that. it. Yeah. She brought his ass out there. She deserves it. Like, fair enough. Sierra, you should understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like in the fight, Danielle 
grabs a lit candle. What does she? <laughs> yes, I I had slowed it down, and when I saw so. First, Sierra throws a glass and then Danielle picks that up and throws a glass, too. But then she grabs whatever's in front of her and it happens to be a lit candelabra. Oh, my God. Nice. Nice. It doesn't look like it. It it looks like it was in good shape. Like it didn't like melt or anything. But it was like, what a move. Mm. What a move. Um, And then we see Sierra like demanding to talk to Lindsay about what's going on with Austin. And (laughs) Lindsay awkwardly just walks into the shed or like the pool house. I just but, don't get all this energy from like, he's not your man. And also like, and Lindsay's not really your friend. That part too. So no. And that's the other thing. Like, those two are definitely castmates, not friends. And so while there's still some level of girl code, there isn't that much. Um, and again, if there were, and someone was stabbing the girl code in the back, it would still be Sierra, not Lindsay in this situation. So I don't understand what, unless she's calling her to apologize. I don't know yeah. what she has to say to her. I would walk away too. I would, and it, she clearly is just fighting. Like she's clearly like, "Are you do you like Austin or not, or whatever?" And what? Like what? Like what are you fighting <laughs> at this and point? It would be one thing if it was like he's so leading me on too. Like he's calling me all the time. We're spending so much time. Oh together. yeah, good point. Like if he was doing anything, even if he was like fuckboying doing something. But where we could be like, okay, we get why she's so emotionally entangled, why she's fighting for her man. But he's not even doing that. So what are you actually fighting for? That's such a good point. It's not he's literally doing zero, zero, zero. And you are acting like you can still lay claim to him. I'm just missed opportunities here. I could have had a nice threesome with the two of them. (laughs) Well, I just got had some real fun. I feel like Lindsay would be down for that. Oh, yeah. Um, Lindsay even admitted she's like, totally, I've done it all. I'm like, that's my queen right there. Love her. Love her. Sierra made it. Is she on Winter House? I think I know the guys are. So maybe she's just securing securing the bag for her. Oh, show. because really, what is what else is she like you said, she's not great friends with anybody else. And I don't think she brings that much one excitement to the show. It'd be fun to see her actually maybe date other people people like i think that people don't get that that's part of why we all loved clubs is because either like even after she broke up with everett we still got to see her go on dates she was still living her life fully outside of the house and doing her own thing and the other girls don't do it as much and that's why they're not as entertaining you're right that's actually a good point and that's it's like what makes reality stars good is just how messy they're willing to be in their real lives. Mm-hmm. That's the mark of a tr- like it doesn't necessarily make you the most healthy or, you know, well adjusted. But that's not what we're here for. Right. I'm not and I feel like you can also really see people who and I get it because I'm one of those people who like almost self-produced in their head. Like they can see the outcome of stuff and are catering things to like make it a certain way because of how it'll come out. But I've also can see it though that's the problem some people are kind of good at it where you're like did they but some people it's like blatantly obvious what they're doing and i feel like sierra and like kyle from beverly hills love her to death but she does it all the time all the time to where she like produces self-produces things and um lisa does a little bit too but i think lisa's a little bit better at it because sometimes you're like did she or like you really have to question like was that on purpose or was that not yeah All right. Well, let me wrap us up, even though I could just keep talking to you all day long. (laughs) Tell the people where to find you. Uh, You can find me. I'm basically live on Instagram, uh, that African (laughs) butterfly. Uh, I do a lot of lives. I do like on Tuesdays about mental health. And then during the month, I do it on different 
different topics. So like right now it's Women's History Month. So I'm talking to a bunch of women. Um, and then I also am on YouTube uh, under my page, and but really with my Bold Black and Addicted to Bravo, which is my podcast series. It's on all podcast formats. Um, and it's just where I get with people and we talk about different life stuff, but through the lens of Bravos, because like I'm one of those people who, I'm not going to lie, I love drama and I love talking about people, but I don't like talking about people I know and I don't like drama in my life. But I, that's why I love reality TV, because it's like a unified, we can all talk about these things and these topics. And we all know the people without actually talking about people we know. So that was kind of like where that grew from. So I, I love it. It's fun having people to talk with. And Emily was on the last episode, so you can check that out. It was so good. All right, girl. Well, ne- t- till next time, we have so yes. many more of these to come. So right before I started recording this, in between recording with Nimade and coming to record this, I checked Instagram. And I think Lisa posted this days ago, but she posted screenshots of her text conversations with her and Meredith. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, is it Meredith and her? I'm trying to correct my grammar because I'm horrible when it comes to these these things. It's okay. It's between Meredith and her. Um, and it's, you know, remember when Meredith reads the text she had sent Lisa? I'll get into all that, obviously, when I do the recap. But she basically made it seem like Lisa didn't even respond or wasn't even there for her. Lisa shows her response. And then Meredith says, well, it would have been nice if I got a phone call. And so then Lisa posts her call records. I don't like to be bamboozled. Okay. Because I my notes for this whole reunion until I read this were about how Lisa just needs to take some ownership. But I feel like oh, she must she I mean, I could, she must have been feeling like she was going crazy. We, they also the, the someone on her Twitter posted this article about how Cameron, may he rest in peace, was on his way to becoming a board member of the Utah Foster Care Society or whatever it's called. Oh, OK, we're, we're going to get into it. I'm going to start from the beginning because I'm coming in hot and I need to like I need some structure to my thoughts. So we pick back up with Lisa crying. She was like, I was in the car crying. And Henry was like, you're a great mom. And I love Jen, as controversial as that is. And of course, Jen, she's like, I don't need any disclaimers. And Lisa says something small, but it's going to, you'll know why. When I, t- when I say it, you're going to be like, I see what, but I have to circle back to this, okay? So Lisa starts apologizing to Jen. She's like, I didn't mean for it to come off that way. I'm sorry if that's how it landed. The real ones know why I'm going to circle back to that one. She says sorry to Jen, though, right away for how it landed. Okay. And then Meredith, she's, she's pleading her case. She's slowly building her case, not pleading her case. She's slowly building her case. And she says, I have another question. At the pasta event, when they were talking about the Fresh Wolf guest list, was I there for you? Lisa says, yes, you were. She goes, thank you. And Andy notices. Andy's like, Andy's impressed. Andy's like, oh, she is, she is getting her case together. They talk about 
how Lisa went down and talked to Mary after she brought up the Cameron thing. And she's like, a lot was cut out. I went down there and I, I asked her a lot of things. I asked her if she smoked pot. Why? I they they clearly cut out a bunch of stuff. So I was like, who needed who said she smoked pot? I, I hear that there is a rumor that um her son, Mary's son, is a pot dealer. Uh, which at this point, is that even a thing? Go to a dispensary. But um I don't I didn't know that that reference or why, but I was like, does she? And if she does, I would love to see Mary stoned. I'll tell you that right now. Andy says, seems like you have a lot of important conversations off camera. Lisa goes, two, two, one with Mary and one with Meredith. And then they get into the memorial phone call when Lisa called Meredith. And Meredith sounded like she was whispering. And Lisa says, I'm so sorry. Go back and be with your family. I and look, I'm not about to shame Meredith this whole recap because I will I am going to call it fair I definitely see when she does some good stuff but this really made me mad because it did sound like she was in the middle of something and Lisa claims that she answered the call and said I'm let me step out I just let me step out of my dad's memorial now that maybe didn't happen maybe she said hold on I can't hear you or something like that and it sounded like she was whispering Instead of Meredith saying, I can understand why there was a discrepancy or miscommunication or whatever, she's like, why would I say that? So she's claiming that Lisa is just making this up. Why would Lisa go out of her way to just make up that Meredith said that? Why can't why can't Meredith wrap her head around the idea that maybe she was like, oh, I, I said, you know, hold on, I can't hear you. And she might have gotten confused. Then she will later say that she's like, I was actually in the bath. There wasn't any splashing going on. It sounded like you were asleep and she woke you up, which is totally plausible. I just wish that it would be like, hey, you know, there was just a miscommunication. But instead, it's like this. They're alluding to this idea that maybe Lisa diabolically planted this bullshit seed in everyone's head that she was in her dad's memorial when she wasn't really because then she was going to say maybe Meredith had something to do with the feds getting called. It It's, it's just making me crazy. But Andy, Andy has Meredith's back on this. I could tell he does not like Lisa. I can tell. Lisa's the tough one for him to get through to. It's the same look he would give Lisa Vanderpump when she would when she refused to take any ownership. He's given this look to a lot of the problematic faves. Uh, well, so they break for lunch, and this will be the first of two times that Lisa tries to have a conversation with Meredith once cameras are down. But as we know, cameras are not down. So she's whispering to Meredith. She's like, I didn't call you because I thought it would be better to tell like everyone at once. And Meredith's like, I don't even want to. And Lisa goes, OK, yeah, we're done. As if she has any kind of power in that moment. Like Meredith has all the power. She's like, OK, fine, Meredith. She did the exact same thing when when they had the um, the Wild Rose event and Meredith was like, well, yeah, you're yelling at me and I don't like it and walked away. And Lisa was like, "Okay, Meredith, I'm not chasing her. Very different time. You are now in a very 
uh, unfortunate situation. So Lisa walks out to her trailer and she has the hot mic moment about the hot mic moment. And she's like, you guys, you played that. You knew what you were doing. I was on a rant. You let them narrate me. The cameras try to come in and she's like, guys, no. Lisa really does save things for off camera. This is something that kind of it is a through line probably for a lot of um, maybe the quote villains of a show, even though I don't really think anyone looked at not anyone, but I think people didn't know that Lisa Vanderpump um, was a villain. But Lisa did a lot of stuff off camera. And so Barlow is kind of doing the same thing, like how she wanted to have a private conversation with Meredith. It's possible she just wanted to talk to her friend and have it not be public for the entire group since Whitney and Heather are just going for her. But anyway, it's like a very schemey kind of thing to do. So I get I'm trying to basically say I understand why people think Lisa Barlow is so bad. I get it. I understand it 100 percent. Um but I am seeing the real shit, okay? I'm so mad that, that this this whole thing was just one big, like, take Barlow down. I don't like it when I'm bamboozled, okay? I don't, I don't like it. Um, okay, back to set. As they are on their way back from break, Andy, and he needs to stop doing this because it pisses every one of us off. It makes us, it just kills us. He does this thing where he's, when he's filming one of the reunions, he, it happened on Beverly Hills, he'll go to his Instagram stories and be like, okay, filming the reunion. And he always picks whoever's in the hot seat. He's like, how's it going, baby gorgeous? And I'm going to say, Lisa is really good at putting a happy face on. She's like, it's going great. Meanwhile, she's been destroyed for the entire, however many hours they'd already been filming. So they cut back to Mary's package. Now we're on the Mary of it all. And Andy asks, is it a cult? And Jen says, every church is a cult, which was well done. And then they cut to the scene at Mary's church where the woman is giving that pretty terrifying speech saying, you are the facsimile of God. And then Andy asks, as if this is like a simple question, does Mary think she's God? Now, in normal housewives terms, this could be used as like a metaphoric question, but this is a literal question right now. Does Mary think she's God because she has a church and it is possible she actually thinks she is God? Do you hear that? That's a little, it's too heavy for a housewives reunion. Then Jenny comes in and Jenny says the thing that is it's the number one stupidest thing to say at a reunion. She interrupts and goes, I have a question. Why do you guys care so much about her church that we're all talking about it? Now you see Andy right here stares at her. I kept my eyes on Andy and Whitney responds and Whitney technically was to his left. So he could have, he should have, if he was listening to Whitney could have looked towards Whitney, but he just stays right on Jenny. Like you fucking idiot the reunion is the number one place you cannot say that because that's the only reason they're there is to talk about it all oh he it's like 
it's the dumbest thing to say. It's dumb to say kind of period on Housewives, on reality TV, but it's especially stupid at a reunion. And so then Heather, Heather comes in. She goes, it got brought up because Lisa invited Cameron and it opened up the conversation as if this hasn't been a topic of conversation for forever. Okay, like you are now going to seriously make Lisa the reason why anyone was talking about Mary's church. Are you fucking kidding me, Heather? It can't all be Lisa's fault. You can't do that. Okay. I'm getting heated. I'm getting heated, I tell you. Lisa comes back. She goes, keep Cameron out of it. Okay. Why are we acting like we haven't heard it before and we didn't know? And Heather then says, listen, the Mormon church is questionable. And I think she goes to say, but we're not talking about it. And Andy goes, and we've talked about it for the past two years. And I think Heather gets nervous when like the teacher gets mad at her. And she goes, and they're a cult possibly as well. Damn. Did you just say that? Did you just say out loud that they could be a cult? I don't think you said that before. That's a pretty big deal. So Andy asks Lisa, what was your relationship like with Cameron? And Lisa starts crying. He was, he's amazing. Not was, is. He's amazing. Meredith then asks if Cameron was on the board of Foster Care Utah. Now, originally, when I watched this, I wrote down that Lisa scrambles. Because Whitney and Heather, they're like, we looked it up. He wasn't. And Lisa was like, he he was acting as a board member and three it was in process and three weeks he was it was uh, and she scrambled, in my opinion. I found an article. It was someone posted it on Twitter and Lisa retweeted it about how he was absolutely about to be on the board of Utah foster care. I posted it on my Instagram. Go check it out. I. Like when they looked it up, they probably just what did they go right to the website of Utah Foster Care to see who was on the board. But if you Googled it, I bet I haven't Googled it. I just figured that this person that found this article and posted it to Twitter didn't have to go find find it in some strange location. She just Googled him and Utah Foster Care and this thing came up. And so Lisa, as they are saying, yeah, he's not on the board. He's not on the board. She's like, you're sick. You're sick. Wow, you're sick. Heather is like, he he was there. Cameron was there because you wanted Meredith to take the ball and run with it. But then you realized that Meredith was too loyal to Mary, so you tried to get Whitney involved. It's obvious. Oh, my God. I'm like, Heather, none of you, like, you are not sitting out any of this. Okay, you weren't even invited to the event. Let Whitney handle this or Meredith. But like, can you shut up? And then Whitney, Whitney's like, Lisa is good at igniting the fire and I always fall for it. Okay, that's that's on you. Okay, that is on you, Whitney. I get how people can manipulate. I've been manipulated to do things and I'm embarrassed later but I take ownership for my part. Okay. 
I'm not like the good guy once I say, actually, I was manipulated into saying that. They did not. I mean, maybe it was cut out, but they did not hold Whitney or Heather accountable at all. Okay. Then Meredith goes, I have another question. Did Cameron really give Mary $300,000? And Lisa just responds with a lot of stammering and blinking. She's like, he was, it was, it might have been a little bit less. It was, it. And then Meredith, you told me off camera that it was 10% of that. Okay. Lisa seems like she is a little bit busted. Um. It sounds like maybe he mortgaged his house for 300000 and only gave Mary a little bit of it. Even still, what are, you, what are you giving Mary even a couple thousand dollars for? Like, that's not usually churches don't need that big of a donation, especially since they were being told that it was like for personal things, you know, not to like build another church or anything like that. Okay, so then they go to the Whitney Cameron conversation. And Lisa has printed out texts and she hands them over to Andy. And Whitney's like, okay, but those, you could have made those up. Those are printed. They could be fake. And Andy reads it and it says that, you know, I want you to hear it from me. I don't know Whitney. She got my number from Angie and I didn't tell her anything. But Whitney has texts on her phone. And she says that Lisa actually met him through Angie. They love this Angie. Like Angie, I'm sorry, if Angie was a friend of mine who used me to get on a show and then just did nothing but bash me afterwards, I would still be pretty wary of Angie in general for any new friend coming into the picture. Just saying. Um, They just, they keep referencing Angie and Heather at this point. It's like, oh, I will text Angie right now and ask her. Okay, want me to text her? And Whitney's like, look, he said he was ready to come out about Mary. And Lisa interrupts and said, Cameron was on a path for spiritual healing. Whitney confirms that Mary's church thinks she's God. Um, That's what Cameron said. Uh, She did not ask him about the affair, but he did say that he was young and felt taken advantage of with Mary. And this is when Whitney looks down, pauses, looks up and goes, I wish she was here. And it seemed like she was going to say, I miss Cameron or something. It was like very like sorrowful. And Lisa thinks that that's what she's going to say. So she goes, I wish. And then she realizes she said, I wish Mary was here. And so she goes, I wish Cameron was here. And I wish Mary was here. (laughs) Then they cut to a stupid kids package. I honestly am not going to talk about any of that. I have bigger fish to fry. Cut to, okay, the Meredith Lisa strain over her friendship with Mary. Heather, right here. I mean, I wanted to punch her in the face. I know that's harsh, but I'm watching a lot of mob wives right now. So violence is the answer. Heather, Lisa's trying to say, like, I wasn't hurt over their friendship. And they they use they use a really weird clip. They use uh, the clip of Lisa and Jen on the bus right before they get into their fight. And it's like 
it's her saying, you know, Meredith says she's all about kindness, but yet she's defending like the one who's the meanest to us. And I'm thinking that what Lisa was saying is she's confused by the alliance because Meredith is showing nothing but mean. So why is there this alliance that Meredith clearly has? I think that's more the message Lisa was trying to get across. But I, this is just a very attack Lisa moment. So Heather, when Lisa says, like, I'm not, I wasn't super hurt by it. Heather goes, you were so hurt by her relationship with Mary that you went on a horrible rant where you said horrible things about your friend. It wasn't even about you, Heather. Nothing was about you. She said nothing about you. So get off the train. Okay. Lisa says the rant was because Meredith was like, I'm offended by your feelings. And here we go. I'm going to roll up my sleeves because Meredith carefully presents her argument ever so carefully. And Andy is so impressed. Andy's like, he points it out. He goes, she has been gathering evidence. And then they cut back to the different various questions she asked. And they showed up as exhibit A, exhibit B. And when they come back from that flashback, Andy just he puts his hand out and goes, go on. He's so he's he's never seen it. It never happened on a reunion. And he's probably so sick of having a corral, like very scattered arguments. So he loves this like organized, detailed argument. Meredith explains that she wasn't about to get in the middle of Lisa and Mary being nasty with each other because they were going back and forth about who's more fake. And Lisa's like, actually, it was when I was standing up for Jenny, which is true. That is when Meredith came for um, Lisa. And as soon as she says this, Heather screams from across the room. I had Jenny's back. I had her back. Okay, and Whitney's like, I did too. Like, oh. And regardless, Meredith just needs to get to the point, which is nothing could make you say what you said. Then they cut to the big issue with Lisa's friendship with Jen came up. And Meredith, Meredith says, look, what it was about, like when I had my Shabbat dinner and she starts to cry. And. She, through tears, delivers this like painful, painful monologue where she says, I called you three days before my dad passed and said, he, my dad is dying. You never called me back. And then two days after he died, you didn't, you, you, you messaged me or something. Then I invited you for Shabbat dinner and all you focused on is me making up with Jen. And then they cut back to that scene. And honestly, it didn't really make sense that Lisa wanted Jen and her to make up. Why did she care so much about them making up? Did Lisa tell Jen something about Meredith that she shouldn't have and she was worried that if they were enemies, it would come out? It's like, I, it's, a, it's a conspiracy theory, I know, but it... Why did she care so much, especially knowing her father had just died? Like, give her a break. Or did her producer, and here's my issue, the producers on this show do too much. 
I think they're so worried about it being interesting and maybe this group of people just doesn't really gel at all. So they have to do so much moving around and maneuvering of casts and storylines and whatnot because maybe her producer was like, I need you to have her talk about Jen. And it feels like they're all being directed to do something, but it's not all quite gelling because production has a lot to do with storylines. We know that we're not. Well, maybe we don't. Just so you know. Um, Meredith is just they cut back to this to the reunion and Meredith is still breaking down, delivering an amazing, amazing monologue. You let me down and hurt me. I, I was gutted the way she said that. But then Lisa. So now it makes more sense, you guys, because at the time I watched this, I just thought it was hilariously terrible that Lisa just keeps going. I absolutely called Meredith back. I checked on you. I always check on you. I thought she was like just telling herself that, like almost rehearsing her own propaganda for herself that she tells. But instead, she actually really did. Here's what here's what I really wish she had done, though. And this is a very housewife trait. Instead of just saying, wow, if 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 what I did wasn't enough for you, I'm so sorry. I thought I was there for you. But if what you're saying, if what you're feeling is real, then wow, I clearly wasn't the friend you deserved. And I'm sorry. And that's it. But not one time. It's a very Housewives thing, though. This happens across all franchises, multiple cast members. It's just apologies are very hard to come by in the land of Bravo in general, but definitely Housewives. And Heather, all right, now I need to stretch for this because this part just had me fuming. Heather chimes in. To back, okay, okay, let me just, I'm going to just do a line, I'm going to do like a line reading of what she says, okay? Heather chimes in and she goes, just so you know, when my dad died, Lisa texts me, I hope your dad's feeling better. I rewound and rewatched this part because I wanted to make sure I heard it right. When Lisa goes to respond and say, I didn't know your dad had died. You had texted me a couple days prior saying your dad wasn't feeling well and I had I was just getting back to you, but I didn't know that that day he had died. And then Heather retracts her statement. Heather goes, eh, eh, n- uh, no, actually, it was I was I wasn't trying to attack you, Lisa. I was just saying I support Meredith and like I know how it feels. Bitch, what the fuck? Oh, I'm heated. Oh, I'm heated. I'm heated because, okay, shut your damn mouth. Okay? So it it backed it it backfired on her, okay? Because she was trying to be like, "Um, I get it. Lisa Lisa wrote this, you know, shitty thing to me too." And then she couldn't back up that claim. And then she she said something like, okay, but Lisa to be, yeah, Lisa maybe didn't know my dad had died. But I mean, everyone else knew. So I'm just saying. Then she realizes she's making a fool of herself. And she's like, actually, I really, I promise I didn't bring that up to attack you, Lisa. I was just trying to support Meredith. Shut your mouth. Oh, it was like a whole lot of nothing. It just piled on. And it it just added to the to the whole, we hate Lisa. Lisa is the worst. 
And it wasn't even relevant. Oh my God, you guys, I just can't. I, I mean, oh God, okay, we're going to keep going. Then Lisa just keeps saying, Lisa just keeps saying, I was there for you, Meredith. I was 100% there for you. I'm so sorry. I'm a horrible person. And then here we go. Meredith reads this text. And she said, I text you. If you love my family, please stand up for me. I am asking for a friend. I have been through hell. And then she said, and after I sent you that message, those are the things you had to say about me after that. Beautiful monologue. However, it doesn't really make sense based on the texts and whatnot that I'm seeing that Lisa has posted. Lisa posted the text, this exact text that Meredith just read, and it was sent to her at like 1130 in the evening, and she responds the following morning with, I'm so sorry, I'm there for you. Can you chat today? Let's talk. Then Meredith... This is all on Twitter. Meredith responds and said, it would have been nice if she had called me like she said she would. So then Lisa posts her call records with the dates highlighted, showing that she did call. Then Meredith says something like, "Okay, well, it's not even about that. It's about you knew I was going through a lot and you still weren't there for me. Now, here here's what I have to say about the hot mic moment. This does not make me a good person. This makes me probably a very immature person. But when I get into even a minor fight with someone, I will go, when I'm driving, I will ball them out. I will say shit that is so insane. So if anyone was recording me in those moments and played them for the person I'm talking about, oh my God, it would not be good. Granted, I am not mic'd up on a television show, So I get the argument that she said it on purpose. I just don't think. It doesn't feel right to me. They're still semi-new to filming. Um, I she didn't think any cameras were anywhere nearby. And even if they did have the audio on it, it wouldn't they don't need to like show it. She was she was on her way to quit. She was gonna quit. Granted, it was a very like minor thing. Not minor. It was a buildup. I get it. I still I, I do get it. <clears throat> but she had never sat down with Meredith and tried to hash out the issues and said, look, when when you don't back anyone else up against Mary, it, it's coming across strange. And I don't feel like you're having my back. Unfortunately, Meredith in this very reunion basically had Lisa talk herself into a corner and disprove the whole concept of you're never there for me, which is, you know, Lisa's reasoning was it was a buildup of you not being there for me. Cut to Meredith asking, do you think I was there for you then? Do you think I was there for you then? Okay, so what are you mad about? But I get mad and say and say stuff. I just think that Meredith is uh, she's just so careful about her image um, that this was the worst thing that could have happened for Meredith. Someone in a seemingly like raw moment, not not produced or edited for cameras, just like letting out the quote truth. And Lisa now is screaming, I was there for her, for her father. 
And Andy goes, okay, okay, here's the thing. You keep saying that, but it's not landing for her. Well, it's landing for me. Fucking, that's just funny. You, that is just funny. Okay, it's ridiculous. And then she goes, there's just a lot coming at me. There's like too many, there's too many people. Like, I'm just trying to like gather my thoughts. And Andy says, okay, well, while you gather your thoughts, I'm going to do a dramatic reading of your entire hot mic moment. It goes on for like two minutes. And I swear he begged to be able to do that. He said, guys, please let me read it. And they said, absolutely. They said, can you do that? He goes, of course I can't. Of course, I can stare at her and read it right to her. It just goes on and on. He doesn't like do half of it. He does all of it. Right when you think it's over, it keeps going. And then Meredith goes, the venom and hatred. I was sick. You wouldn't go when Jen, your good friend, was arrested. You didn't return her call because she yelled at you. How do you think my kids feel about you? And he goes, you said a lot. He's so messy. He's messier than ever. He goes, it sounded like a truth jump. Can you sit down, Andy? It was a truth jump. Clearly. And Meredith goes, I have had sex with less people than I have fingers. Okay. She's like, the Upper East Side is awfully big. I mean, obviously, she didn't mean the entire Upper East Side, but probably Harry Dubin. Whitney then goes, which is, I'm still confused by this line. She goes, since I'm a potster, if the shoe fits, wear it. Lisa spread rumors about your marriage before filming even started. Meredith, you should call Sarah Jane Warner. Ugh, I mean, what the fuck? Jen was saying shit, guys. How are we now deflecting all of this onto Lisa? Jen was saying it on camera with you, Whitney, so be quiet. Lisa's trying to explain that she was frustrated, that she had parameters on who she could and couldn't be friends with, but Heather and Whitney didn't get the same, they didn't get the same parameters. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And Jen has the nerve to tell her that, you know, you need to soften your apology. I mean, granted, Lisa did go on a like little tiny baby Jen voice apology tour. So maybe she does know how to fake apologize. And then so Lisa goes, look, I'm so I'm sorry that I ever said it. And this fucking bitch Heather comes in. Or are you sorry you got caught? Because you've said something about every one of us. And if I was mutual friends with any of Jenny's friends, I would probably learn more stuff you've said about her. Can you just shut up Heather have you never gone on a rant to yourself I have I get it okay it was bad it was caught on camera that's why this show is so insane this season was so insane okay we saw a really raw moment but can you shut up okay Lisa says that (laughs) again now I understand why, though, because I've seen these I've seen these messages. She says, when it came to your father, I was there for you. I checked on you all the time, Meredith. And then Lisa looks to Heather and says, why did you tell me you didn't think Meredith was my friend? And they cut they flash back to them on the rocks in Zion. And Heather is busted. This is the only time so far that they've really held her accountable. 
And she said, I was trying to mend this. And I kind of went into a Lisa voice. Let me try that again. Heather was like, I was trying to mend this. And Lisa's like, you are telling me that she's not my friend and she never has my back. And Heather goes, oh, please. They would have used that. And Lisa goes, maybe it'll show up. Maybe it'll show up. Heather goes, look, it was the first time I actually felt for you, Lisa. And I can say to Meredith right here, she didn't show up for Meredith. Like, I'm blindly showing up for this one. I came out on this reunion stage wanting to, she's pointing to Jen, by the way. I came out on this reunion stage wanting to defend you. Um, No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Can you stay consistent? And you are unwilling to say you're sorry in a way that's meaningful. By the way, she hasn't had to make one apology to you directly, Heather. So can you just shut up? Okay. Lisa then says, That one moment I'm being crucified for. And I am being myself right now. And everybody here wants to break me. That was good. I feel like I became, I like channeled Lisa for a moment. Then Whitney tries to give Lisa advice and um, shut up. Okay. She's like, maybe just listen to your friend when she talks to you. Andy has to always ask this. Like they will, he does this on Atlanta. He does this on Beverly Hills. They will have talked and talked and talked about a feud between two of the housewives. And then he always has to go, so where does your friendship go from here? Can you just let him move on, dude? Let him move on. You don't even talk. They just answered that. Give it a minute. Meredith has to say, though, she's like, I am still, I just saw this 48 hours ago, and I'm trying to wrestle with the fact that you may have said it intentionally, mic'd. And Heather's like, yeah, okay, why did you take your mic pack off and hand it to the audio guy? And Lisa's like, I didn't realize it was on. I handed it. I was leaving. I was quitting. I just handed it. I actually believe her. I know it's a very controversial topic, but I believe her. And Heather goes, you continue to say more things, even when I came in the room and when Jenny came in the room. Heather, you were nasty to uh, Meredith in that whole scene also. You were like, where's Mary standing up for Meredith now? Why can't she? Why can't Meredith give us an honest answer on the date? Stop, Heather. You can't blame every single thing on just Lisa Barlow. And then Andy, then we finally pivot off of Lisa. Jesus Christ. Thank you. Andy says, uh, what did you mean um, when you said to Meredith, what did you mean when you made that allegation? Like, I, you know, I know about everyone who everyone's hooked up with or whatever. And I, I can't. The way she responds, they know who they are. They know what they've done. You know, just like it was like, leave me alone. Like, stop. Like, leave me alone. And Andy tries to basically clarify he's like you're threatening everyone and she can't even answer this like I wish she had said oh I'm I'm promising or something very housewives even instead she's like I know maybe sure I don't know it's like obnoxious just yes you are you're threatening everyone and then Meredith then asked the group if they've heard rumors about the others and they're like oh yeah sure 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 and Lisa manages to say 
the steakhouse rumor, the rumor that, and I kind of don't believe it. Well, hold on. She says, I heard that Jen and Meredith hooked up in a steakhouse. Like, that's crazy. Both Meredith and Jen have some weird faces in that moment. Meredith's face looks weird and Jen's face looks weird. So I was like, oh, shit, did you guys? And then Meredith goes, some has more evidence attached to it than others. I don't like it. I don't like that. So then they go on break. And Lisa, once again, has her second whisper conversation with Meredith. And it is cringy. It is so, so cringy. They, it's, it's, uh, Meredith, I'm sorry. Like, I was, like, in a rage. I was, like, in a, I was just mad because, like, someone had just told me that you said I had live in a shitty house and you were making fun of my renovations. <laughs> it, it, no, 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 Lisa. No, 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 no. You can't say that because it doesn't equal out. It's not like she said... It's not like you're claiming you heard that she was saying you cheat on John. You're saying things about your house. So, <laughs> okay, so that's the end of the episode. Um, preview for next week is, I don't know, it's annoying to me. They're going to be talking to Jen about her legal stuff. But she can't answer anything, you guys. Like, she literally is going to trial. She can't answer anything. She Everything she's going to say is going to be used against her. So it's just going to frustrate all of us. And then, of course, it's cheating allegations. Like, every fucking franchise does this. The cheating stuff, I don't care. Like, I really don't care. Honestly, they, these people have been married for years. It's possible. Okay, but if they're still together and they're happy, leave them be. Okay, if because if you're trying to bust them, if you're trying to basically let the like, let's say, you know, Sharif doesn't know about Jen or vice versa. What's your point to ruin their lives? Do you really want to be the one to break that news to someone on camera in front of the world? No. So if they maybe know about something and don't want to talk about it, okay, it's not that big of a reveal, in my opinion. I would say the only one that's shock that would shock me, shock me, would be um, Whitney, because she seems so happy with Justin and she's on a mission to like expose everyone else. Um, but even that, no, because people cheat. It's just such a common thing. Monogamy is a very in my opinion, antiquated concept. And um, unfortunately, if you think you are in a monogamous relationship and someone cheats on you, it's a different feeling. I now just have a, I just am of the mindset that at this point, everyone's going to cheat. And I know that's bad, but maybe I've just been watching reality TV too long. So. All right, guys, um, stay tuned to my Instagram where I will be posting all of my Jersey content there. It's just this was such a loaded episode of Salt Lake City and also of Summer House. The Summer House episode will be a drop-in same time, so just check it out wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for listening. Bye-bye. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. If you wouldn't mind, could you do a little rate and review? Maybe even subscribe? All of the above? If not, hey, I get it. No pressure. I'm also on Buy Me A Coffee. Buy Me A Coffee is a great way for content creators to get some monetary support from their followers. And it's just very easy. Buymeacoffee.com slash She Speaks Bravo. The link is also in my Instagram bio. And of course, if you're not already, please follow me on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok. Not going to lie. I just post the exact same stuff on both platforms. So no need to follow both. But um, love you guys. Mean it. And I'll see you next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.